0: It's time for sales with sully your host scott sullivan brings his 30 years of sales and marketing experience to you the sales professional addressing your questions from twitter to help you be better at reaching your goals this is a weekly show that happens right here on inspired and now your host scott sullivan it's a great afternoon right here at inspired news radio hi i'm scott sullivan and you are listening to sales with sully every single week i answer your questions i take all your comments put them all together and we turn it into a great little show that we call sales with sully where we answer those questions that you put in on twitter facebook and instagram at sales with sully and this week we have got a few cool things that we want to talk about the one thing that this show is it's all about swot s-w-o-t Most of us uh, that are in the sales or business arena know that that is a SWOT analysis like uh, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, but this week it is not that. I'm going to surprise you swat this week stands for sell what's on the truck that's right uh the title of this show this week is swat if only my engineer would make something that i could sell <laughs> so we're going to talk about the need for having uh, a roadmap for products and services that the sales team can then grab a hold of and why are we as salespeople so infatuated with selling that what we don't have in the uh, solar arena, it's called Wishawatts. In the software business, it's uh, called Vaporware. So there's a lot of things out there that we are just waiting for the next little sizzle, the next little piece of steak to fall off the grill so that we can then sell. I want to challenge you right now, as sales professionals, to SWAT sell what's on the truck. Sales managers tell us to do it all the time. CEOs, CFOs, heads of engineering, all of those folks are saying, Can't you just sell what we already have? Well, we're going to look at both sides of that comment today and we're going to talk a little bit about it. And we really do encourage your feedback every single week, right here on Inspired News Radio. We encourage you to go to Sales with Sully. That's at Sales with Sully on on Instagram Facebook and of course uh, you can just go to Inst- uh, go to inspired news radio and fill out a comment sheet and and let us know what you think but we're going to talk about both sides of this equation this week on sales with Sully The first is, of course, sell what's on the truck makes perfect sense. You've got to be able to have it or have availability of it to sell it. You need to actually get it out there into the field. You need to make sure that you're getting the right feedback back to manufacturing uh, if you are a manufacturer or the services if you want to tweak the service that is available and you have to be able to get customer feedback. The sales role in this particular scenario is to make sure that the customer's expectations are managed and that we're bringing the right product or solution to the customer that actually fulfills their need. On the opposite side of that coin, I wanna talk uh, to all of my support engineers out there, product managers, uh, CTOs, all those people out there that are listening right now, you also have to, you have to take feedback from the sales organization because we're out there every single day talking to clients. And if the clients are all clamoring and saying, wow, I wish I had it in blue, and we bring it back to you, and the the engineering says, sorry, we don't ever get it in blue, you can only have it in green, and no one wants to buy it in green, then we do definitely have a problem. That's why we have to work as a team. So we're gonna break this down today, and we're gonna talk about it a little bit bit at a time, and we encourage you to weigh in on Twitter, uh, Facebook, or Instagram, at Sales with Sully, and give us your thoughts and comments. Let's start with how a product, you know, comes to evolve and comes to uh, fruition to where we actually have something that is ready to be sold. In the manufacturing world, it comes out of research and development, usually, or product development, sometimes they call it, and that product then gets tested. Uh, Hopefully, there are some impact where they actually aren't doing this in a vacuum. They are actually taking some focus groups or even better use yet getting uh, uh, some feedback from the sales organization, and they're actually building something that the marketplace wants, and with the technology that we have today, they're bringing it to market fast enough so it's actually gonna make an impact. For instance, and again, I'm not. this is no indictment on anyone and I'm not picking on anybody in engineering, so please don't give me your nasty tweets. This is just kind of a typical scenario that happens sometimes within organizations. So if today in 2019, soon to be 2020, you were inventing or bringing out of research and development a new uh, compact disc or a new uh, vinyl album or a new cassette tape, chances are that they wouldn't be selling very well because the technology has leapfrogged over that and we're doing streaming or we're not advancing the technology we're actually late to the marketplace and then your ceo your cfo and your coo are all wondering why in the world we're not getting these massive amounts of sales because we had this meeting back in 20 uh in 2001 or 2002 talking about this new product roadmap and it's finally here so that's the first issue. Make sure that you are getting uh, a product or a service to market timely in a timely manner where it actually still makes makes a difference and there's still a market for it. That's the first thing I would encourage the engineering team to get that feedback loop. The second thing now is I'm going to turn the coin over and I'm going to, each time I'm going to kind of do the, the pros and cons of each side so that everybody can talk about it and we can stimulate a little conversation. Now I'm talking to all my sales professionals. Out there just like me You walk in and say Boy I could sell a million of those If I only had it in blue Okay, be careful what you wish for, right? Because then they make it in blue and then it doesn't sell a million of them and then you're standing there with egg on your face. So this is what I would encourage all of my sales professionals to to do or to talk about or to have some type of procedure implemented within your own organization. Go to your boss or go to your CTO or go to your COO and have a have a meeting and say, I'd like to understand what the process is. How can sales influence the process of R and D or product development? What is it that you need from us, and how would that best, uh, you know, how would we best bring you that data and the information that you need, so that we can uh, interface with you, and then we can influence the product development once you ask that question you have to be willing then to make some compromises and to work within that system one data point does not make a trend I'm going to repeat that one data point doesn't make a trend if I go to my best customer who let's say is doing we use Pareto's rule and he's doing you know 50 60 70% of my business with my best customer and he says boy I really wish we had that in blue you have to remember first of all what type of business are you in how close are you to the market what is uh, you know to the end user what is the person that's telling you so let's use this as an example let's say you're selling hammers and i'm just going to use that as an example because everybody can picture it in their mind and they know what a you know just a regular type of hammer let's say you're hammer incorporated and you manufacture hammers so you go to your customer now is your customer the end user probably not your customer is probably a distributor and or a you know big box retailer that sells to the end user if typically speaking now again this is where you have to know your industry you go to your cto and your product management team and you say we need a you know let's say we need a fiberglass handle uh hammer because My big box retail customer is telling me that they could sell a ton of those if we had a fiberglass handle hammer. So that then leads you to have one data point that you just threw out to uh, the COO and the, the product development team but you also do you really have any data you say i he could sell a bunch of them or he could sell a million of them and is is a million the real number so so put your money where your mouth is there sales professional go talk to your customer and say you know we currently don't have a fiberglass handled hammer and we have been talking about putting that on the roadmap let's talk a little bit about what that would look like for your uh, you as a customer and for your needs First of all, let's put together a pro forma what, is, what do you think there would be as far as an annual volume Would that ramp up or down? Have you talked to any customers? Do you have any data backing that up that says you know, my The manager of my hammer area has come to me several times And said customers are requesting this Do you have any additional data that I can take back to the customer? And what are some of the volumes? Would you be willing to give me a uh, purchase order contingent on quality something else you know pick something some other uh, uh, contingency matter that you could say versus a fiberglass and then the next question is is it actually going to keep the customer is it going to eat into the volume you're already doing on the wooden-handled hammers? Because if I if I have a if I sell you five hundred thousand wooden-handled hammers and then I take an order for a hundred thousand fiberglass and I only sell you two hundred thousand wooden-handled from now on, I'm going to have a net Loss. So we also have to make sure how is it impacting the rest of the of the market. So I the reason I'm I'm telling all this all to you as you know sales professionals is because sometimes the picture is a little bit bigger and a little bit deeper and a little bit broader than what we want to. You know, we walk around going, boy, I wish we had or oh, if I just only had that, I could sell so many more. And so there's a there's got to be some additional conversation. Then the next thing I would encourage my sales professionals to do is then go back to sales management and product management and say, what are the advantages of the product line that we currently have over that which the customer may be requesting of a requesting of a fiberglass handle are there advantages of a wood handle over uh, fiberglass does it uh, reduce the resonance or the vibration does it you know keep uh, keep people from having carpal tunnel does it uh, it does it flex because of the flex of it it actually you know draws a nail out faster than a fiberglass would it doesn't splinter when it breaks uh, you know there are all kinds of things that you can go back to and, and figure out what it is that you're selling because you wanna increase the value proposition and you hear where I'm going with this, it's sell what's on the truck. If I have a warehouse full of wooden handled uh, hammers, I need to be able to sell those because the next thing that's gonna happen is even if you do get product management and the team on board, Changing product lines, adding an assembly line, adding people, adding a product line to the manufacturing facility, all takes money and that money is going to have to be generated either in the form of debt that the company is going to take on or you're going to have to sell the inventory that we have and if we do make a superior product you also have to be in in at least cognizant of the fact is what if that fiberglass handled hammer is just absolutely far superior in every category it surpasses the wood what are you going to do with half a million, you know, wooden handled hammers? Can they be retooled? Can they be can a fiberglass handle be inserted in them? Are we going to sell them at a discount? Uh, there's a variety of things that have to be thought of when those when those uh, products are added to the product mix, or when there's research and development. Now, the reason why I'm telling you this, the reason why we're having this conversation, sales professionals, is because I want you to look at that bigger picture. I want you to realize that you are you know we are the uh, I, I like to speak because i am too we I, I like to use myself in that mix we are the revenue generating arm of the company we're the ones that are out there on the front lines we're the ones that are getting the purchase orders selling the product managing the inventory making sure that you know all of our customers are have what they need and we're managing their expectations and we're generating that revenue From that revenue, we need to pay between six and eight other people's salaries and benefits and everything else that comes in from our sales efforts. We are just one cog in that giant machine that's called a company. So what we do is really, really important, but it is absolutely no more important than the person in the warehouse, the person on the assembly line, the person in accounting, the person in you know marketing. Our, our job just happens to be customer-facing a little bit more, and it just happens to have a revenue generation attached to it And it's not a, uh, you know, like someone in accounting doesn't have the opportunity to generate revenue. In most cases, there are some exceptions to that. And, you know, we can talk about those on on a future show, Sales with Sully. But the interesting thing is, is that the revenue we generate has to pay for those accountants. That has to pay for the bookkeepers. has to pay for the people that are making the copies and pushing the paper around. So all of that has to get done. And because we're the revenue generation arm, we're the ones that have to do it. That's why it is absolutely imperative for us to realize that our job is no more important than everyone else's. That's why we should be able to be very comfortable to walk in, sit down with our boss and say, I'd really like to understand better at how a new product comes out, what are our margins, how are we, you know, how does my cog in this machine fit in so that I can better understand the necessary uh, things that I need to do to perform so that I can actually keep the the machinery running. That's why it's really, really important to not just walk in and say, boy, if this came in blue, I could sure sell a million of them. That, that doesn't help anybody that actually does a whole lot of just it, it just sounds like a a lot of negativity and, and some consternation that's going on you're better off to come in with a question and see if you can figure it out and then understand it better so that you can find a different angle and maybe as sales professionals we need to know our product inside and out so well that we know that maybe this isn't the perfect niche for our market maybe instead of discounting those wooden-handled hammers and, you know, uh, throwing them out at half price or, or reducing our margins or selling them at a loss, maybe what we need to do is find a different niche for them. Maybe there is a way that you can actually sell them in a different capacity. And I'm going to tell you a quick story, and then I will wrap this show up because this story is really interesting to me. There is an air tool manufacturer. For those of you that don't know, uh, there is a company, there are several companies, but they make tools that run off of compressed air. If you go into an automotive shop, if you go get your tires rotated or any, you know, there are different types of tools, even in manufacturing, that run off of a compressed air system like what they call jackhammers, which are called paving breakers. Well, I was with an automotive air tool specialist once, and I was doing some training, and we were talking about uh, how to sell uh, different products and and how they're working. And there are a lot of advantages to using a a pneumatic tool, a tool that runs off compressed air. And one of the things is, is that uh, we were in this particular automotive shop, and this particular salesperson had done a fantastic job he had already sold the owner three or four different types of tools, tools for loosening and tightening up bolts and, and lug nuts and sanding and all kinds of other things that you could probably do uh, with other tools, but that just became very effective in a, you know, using them in a pneumatic tool uh, system and then one thing is he reached into the trunk of his car and he pulled out a pneumatic drill and the owner said whoa 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 whoa! stop 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 right there i do not need a new drill you've sold me on the reason why to have all of these other tools and these things are great and i am super happy with the, with the tools that i've bought but i absolutely see Nothing that I could do with an air drill that I couldn't do with my good old fashioned, you know, black and decker electric drill. He pulls it out of his toolbox and and there it is that that really beautiful behemoth of a of a drill and it's just and it's got great torque and it's been with him for years and he's just super sold on it and the salesman looks at him and he says you know and i'm just going to make up his name and say bob that you're absolutely right that is a fantastic drill that drill has been around for 15 years and it is an absolute workhorse i actually have a couple of them myself and he said i guarantee you that is a uh, that drill probably lasts you a lifetime but there are ops, there are places and times when you actually can't use uh, that drill and you might need an air drill. And he said, nope, I can't believe that, that there's something that that air drill can do that, um, that this, this electric drill can't do. And he said, so, Bob, let me just ask you this. If I could show you something that this drill can do that your drill can't, would you be willing to at least consider buying uh, our pneumatic drill and he said, "Okay, you got me. I'll I, I will bite. I don't think there is, but I will uh, I'll take a look." So he walks over and he drops it in a bucket of water. <laughs> so so those of you that don't know a pneumatic drill runs off of compressed air. There is no electricity. It it actually runs on air running through the system, so he just dropped it in a bucket of water. He's splashed it around underneath the water, he sloshed it around, he pulled it out, he plugged it back into an air hose, he pulled the trigger, and the thing ran like a champ. He said, so let's do that with your electric drill. (laughs) And he said, no, 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 no. So what do you think? Do you think he sold an air drill that day? Well, I am here to tell you as a witness, I watched it happen, and he did sell an air drill. So that's the type of thing that I'm telling you, and I I tell you that story for this reason and this reason only, and that is there are sometimes a value proposition that just doesn't fit every single scenario, but for the right customer, at the right time, in the right opportunity, your product can actually get a premium because of the Situation or the scenario. Those are the things that we have to learn as sales professionals. So let's think about this this week. Sell what's on the truck, the SWAT S-W-O-T. Sell what's on the truck, talk to your team, work with your team as it comes to product development, and make absolutely sure that if we are going to ask that we have more than one data point, talk to all of your customers, talk to your fellow salespeople, start gathering purchase orders and talking to your customers and say, now I can't make any promises, but if I can get you that fiberglass handled hammer, we would you be willing to commit to buying you know, a 100,000 of them next year or, or a, f- a tenth of what you're you know, buying in wooden or whatever it happens to be? Because a purchase order covers a great deal of sins when it comes to sales. If you walk into a COO, a CTO, and a CFO with a, purchase, a stack of purchase orders that shows you already have letters of intent or possible purchase orders for a couple of hundred thousand of some type of unit and you haven't even manufactured it yet that speaks volumes that speaks volumes to them as the type of salesperson you are because you're not just coming in and belly aching about oh I wish I had this and I wish I had that you're walking in and putting your money where your mouth is by saying my customers are asking for this and they have said to me that if we go forward with research and development and do a product development on this particular product they are willing to consider putting a hundred thousand of these units into their stores or trying it or stocking it because you already have a great quality name we know you're going to do a great job of manufacturing we love you because you're our best sales representative that comes in here and takes care of us we absolutely love your company and we know that if you build a quality uh, this product it's going to be quality and we are encouraging you to move forward in this place this direction in the market because we're getting these requests from our customers and of course we want to sell more and we want you to sell more because we're partners see the difference in that you see why that works sell what's on the truck if we go out and only sell the sizzle of what's coming what's coming what's coming then you'll never actually sell anything because the stuff you have in the warehouse will never be sold because it's never new enough because by the time it actually gets to the warehouse, you're already selling the next generation. You're selling version 2.0. And version 2, I mean, version 1 is still you know, just now coming off the assembly line, maybe weeks, months, uh, or even years later after you first talked about it. So don't be too anxious to go out and sell the sizzle let's sell some steak this week i really appreciate you tuning in to sales with sully every single week right here on inspired news radio i try and bring you something that's practical that you can put into place today to make you a better sales professional tomorrow put these things in place if you've got questions comments if you disagree with me hey it's an open forum i love talking to people that disagree with me send me a tweet you can reach me at sales with sully on twitter and on facebook and now on instagram at sales with sully just fill out the form on inspired news radio if you want to also and let's get engaged in some conversation if you disagree with what i'm saying today give me your opinion if you've got a story of a great thing that's related to what we've talked about or even if not if you just have a great story you want to tell you can just you can type it up and send it to me or you can just call me and tell me about it we'll put you on the air i don't have a problem with that i love hearing great sales stories if it makes people better sales professionals that's what sales with sully every week is all about right here on inspired news radio keep selling because every day is a challenge out there and we want you to sell what's on the truck thanks for tuning in and until next week this is scott sullivan saying uh sell something for me would you you've been listening to sales with sully on inspired news we take your sales and marketing questions each week on twitter at sales with sully hashtag inr and like us on facebook on behalf of your host scott sullivan and the entire sales with sully team thanks for listening and see you next week